0: A few weeks ago, a couple weeks ago now, I guess we took the seniors uh, to, a, to a trip to um, the Cincinnati and you heard me talk about it last week a little bit. One of the episodes that we were at when we were there was we went to a Cincinnati Reds game. And when we were there, I don't hear very well. Um, I, 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 I think I can hear well, but I don't hear very well. And, and um, one of the ladies in the church said to another one of the ladies in the church something, and I thought she said a curse word. Um, I knew that couldn't be right. So I said, what did you just say? Um, and I didn't realize I said it in my dad voice. Um, uh, and, you know, <laughs> every, every you got a dad voice. And I didn't realize that I came across a little aggressive when I said, what did you just say? Um, and so the rest of the trip, of course, they told me what they said. And it, had not, it was not even close to what I heard uh, in my ears, my, 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 my old man ears. And so um, the rest of the trip, I kept hearing the phrase, what did you just say? It would be kind of became that mantra. <laughs> so I'm gonna say something to you that I guarantee you're gonna want to say back to me, What did you just say? In a message that I think is very timely to the church. Hmm. Quit going to church. <laughs> quit quit going to church. God's God's highest calling for you as a follower of Jesus was never to go to church, not to go to a building. God's highest calling for us is not to go to a destination, but to be conformed into the image of Jesus Christ. Not to go to church, but to be planted in the church, to be the church that is light, that is shining in this dark and depraved world. God's highest calling is never to go to church, but to be planted in the house of God and sent out into the world. Maybe instead of going to church, it's time instead that we be planted in the house of of God, where does that language, that vernacular, where does that come from, Troy? I'm glad you asked. Open your Bibles to the 92nd Psalm, the 92nd Psalm. We had an incredible study as you're opening up there, Psalm 92, we had an incredible study on Thursday evening as we're talking about the Holy Spirit as an adult group, and I I guess my faith was very weak, I put out 12 chairs, and we ended up having like 30 adults that were there, so it was a lot of people, praise the Lord, we want more, more of you to join in with us and to learn and to study, and so... I guess I'm saying that because I, as I told him on Thursday, I wanna tell you today, bring your Bible with you to church. I don't care if it's your device. It's fine, use your device, but, but or bring your Bible, but I want you to bring your textbook with you when you come to class. Somebody say amen. amen. Psalm 92, verse number 12. The righteous will flourish like a palm tree. They will grow like a cedar of Lebanon. Well, but well, let's unpack that for a second. Hmm. Um, they're gonna grow like a palm tree, like a cedar, and they're gonna flourish. I don't know about you, but sometimes I read the Bible and I come across a word or two and it kind of makes me chuckle. I thought, flourish. The word flourish is a word that I don't use very much in my language, in my uh, talking with other people. Troy, how you doing today? You know? <laughs> I'm flourishing, that's what I'm flourishing. Don't, I don't use that word very often in my language. It's, it's a great image though of what happens when we're planted. When we're when we're planted, uh, flourishing. What does it mean? It means we're we're thriving. It means that we're growing. We're prospering. We're we're being a blessing. We're having spiritual growth in our lives. And then the psalmist compares us to a couple of trees: a cedar and a, and a palm tree. Cedar, cedar tree was known and is still known for its great durability and. They're pleasant to look at, cedar trees, but they also smell really good, don't they? Anybody have a cedar chest, right? A cedar chest, it smells really, really good. It's attractive. And we're compared to a cedar tree. When Solomon built the temple for God in the Old Testament, instructed by God specifically in great detail of how to build this temple, well, he made the columns and the posts and the beams and the roof out of cedar because it was designed to last for centuries. It's Very durable palm tree. We're compared to the palm tree as well. We know a palm tree is always symbolic of triumph, of, of victory. In the Corinthian Olympic Games, the very first Olympic Games on the planet were in Corinth. And the Corinthian Olympic Games, they didn't give gold medals. They gave to the gold medalist, they would give a palm branch or sometimes they would weave it into the form of a crown that they would, a palm crown that they would put upon, upon their head. It was given to the one who was triumphant. It was given to the one who was victorious. When Jesus rode in that triumphal entry, when he rode into Jerusalem, they waved palm branches, they threw them down because it was a symbol of victory of triumph, they thought that the king, and he was coming, but not in the way that they expected. The righteous will flourish, is what it says. And then the 13th verse of that same psalm says, planted in the house of the Lord, they will flourish in the courts of our God. Notice it doesn't say that those who are going to church will flourish. It says that those who are planted in the house of the Lord will flourish in the courts of God. I, I love this imagery. And then verse number 14, two more verses. They will still bear fruit in old age. They will stay fresh and green, proclaiming the Lord is upright. He is my rock and there is no wickedness in him. They will still bear fruit in their old age. They'll stay fresh and they'll stay green, like an evergreen, right? That's encouraging to me as every year passes by. I hope you got that. Those who are planted in the house of the Lord, the flourish, they are blessed, they are, they are prospering, they are connected, they're emotionally engaged, they're making a difference. Those who are planted in the house of the Lord are fulfilled, they are flourishing. Unfortunately, many people probably would not, many of you maybe, would probably not use the word flourishing. Instead, you might say, well, I'm not really flourishing, Troy. I actually feel pretty spiritually dry right now. Or I'm emotionally withering. Or I'm relationally barren. Or I'm financially hurting and restrained. Instead of saying I'm fulfilled spiritually, and I'm making a difference with my life, and I'm full of joy, so many people say, man, I'm searching, I'm reaching, I'm longing for, I'm hoping for that thing, that hit, that buzz, that relationship, that job, whatever it is that I don't have that I think is gonna fulfill what is empty on the inside of me. I go to church, but I'm not flourishing. Listen, Those who are planted in the house of the Lord will flourish. You need to recognize something, that your life is a seed. What does that mean? A seed has the potential to grow and to thrive and to multiply and to produce fruit and to be a blessing to other people. But a seed that is not planted has the potential to lie dormant and be unproductive and be unfruitful, and to be dissatisfied, your life is a seed. Let me give you a couple of principles about planting and the seed. Number one, a seed can only grow if it's planted. Who flourishes? Those who are planted in the house of God. In fact, Jesus told a very powerful story in Matthew's Gospel, chapter 13, where he was talking about a man who had the profession of being a sower. His contemporaries in that day would know that a sower, uh, what a sower was. Well, we know that a sower in our language today is a farmer, right? A farmer went out to sow some seed. A sower went out to sow some seed, and, and he went out to plant the seed. And the sower throws some seed out, and the seed, the first set of seed or handful of seed fell on the path, on the hard ground. And since it couldn't take any root, birds came along and birds ate the seed. That seed never reached its potential. Some seed, notice it's the same seed. The seed didn't change. Same bag of seed, same seed. Some seed fell on the shallow soil. So it spurted up very quickly. Looked really good on the outside, but because the roots never went deep, the sun beamed down and it scorched and withered and it died immediately. That seed never reached its potential. Some started to grow, but there were other plants and weeds next to it and the thorns next to it choked the, the emerging plant out. And Jesus said it was the worries and the concerns of this life that killed it, that seed never reached its potential. I hope you see the metaphor here. Some people have potential, but they go nowhere in life. Don't be that one. Some start to grow, but then they fade away. Some people start to thrive spiritually, but then the worries and the concerns just kind of choke out their spiritual growth. But then Jesus said that there's some of the seed fell on the good soil. And that multiplies 30 and 60 and 100 times. That one seed becomes a massive blessing because it was planted in good soil. Amen. Who is it that flourishes? Those who are planted in the house of the Lord. Amen. The good soil. Number two, going to church isn't the same As being planted. I guarantee that some of you woke up today and some of you might be watching online. Don't tune us out and don't get offended. But some people woke up today and they, hey, we we gonna go to church? Ah, It's a little cloudy out there, Right? or it could be a little rainy, or it could be too hot, or it could be too cold, or I'm a little too tired, or there's too many things going on, or we're just too busy, or there's a game to watch, or we just fill in the blank. I'd like to go to the lake today. I wanna to beat the Baptist to the rest, I don't know, whatever it is, right? But, but, but when, you, when you're planted, you, you don't say that, because the church is no longer a destination to which you attend. The church is a posture, who you are. We, we don't ask ourselves, are we gonna go to church? We don't ask ourselves that question. It's really not negotiable, because we are the church. We are the church. It's not a destination to which we attend, it's an identity to which we hold. It identifies who we are. We are the church of Jesus Christ. I never said to my kids, when I was raising them in our home, girls, Do you think we should eat today? (laughs) Never one time in the time that we were raising our children did I ever look at them and say, Do you want to breathe today? (laughs) How about oxygen? Does oxygen sound? What do you think? Should we have some oxygen today? Hmm. It was a non negotiable. The Greek word that's translated church, this. The, the Bible is written, uh, 66 books of the Bible, um, is written in three different languages originally. The original language of the Old Testament, 39 books of the Old Testament, was primarily in the Hebrew language. The original language of the New Testament, 27 books, was primarily in the Greek language. The Aramaic language overlapped a little bit as well. So there really are three languages that at the, the scholars, what they do is they uh, translate from those languages to our modern day language that we have. So you might wonder why are there so many different translations of the Bible. A translation is a direct translation, right? A paraphrase is like a um, a summary of what it says, right? So uh, the translations are, are for the most part accurate. Um, but sometimes our English language doesn't have the vernacular to help us fully understand what they meant in that original language. That's why you'll hear pastors and preachers and, and teachers uh, talking about, in the Greek it says this, it's not to sound scholarly, it's to help us really understand the, the, the vastness and the volume of what we're looking at. The word church in the, in the Bible uh, was really the word ecclesia, Ecclesia and ecclesia is really nothing more than means a gathering. This is what we're gathering together or an assembly. You're a new life church, and we're part of a movement, an international movement called the Assemblies of God. And this is kind of where it gets it for this. We assemble together, the Assembly of God, not to be misunderstood with this is the church. No, we're assembling as the church, Amen. right? Amen. Mm. And so, but you know, you can listen to a preacher's podcast or listen to everything on, and I hope you do. Um, and not just me, but other, I hope you listen to quality, reputable um, teachers of the word. That's a wonderful thing, but it's not the same thing as being planted in the house of the Lord. Ecclesia, that Greek word also means, there's really two parts to it that EK, um, EK in Ecclesia, it really means out. Ecclesia comes from the word, I did a series on the word kaleo uh, a, a long time ago, quite several months ago I guess now. And kaleo is a word that really means called. And so this word, ecclesia really means called and, and then ek means out. So the church is actually called out, not just to gather and assemble together. So there's really two dimensions to what this word ecclesia means, the word church. In other words, we're to gather together to be unified. That's what Pastor Trinity was doing today. Man, when she's up here doing the whole thing, you know, raw, 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 call you out, devil, I'll bring, bring it on, you, I'll take you out, we'll t- where two or three are gathered together in their name, there he is in their midst. That's what she's doing, right? <laughs> Because we're, we, we're unified, that's probably not exactly a good way of doing a trend, but, but we're unified together, right? Um, it, it's, we gather together to honor God. That's why we come together. It, it's not about you. It's to honor God. We gather together to corporately hear God's word being taught. And, and we gather together, use our gifts. Our spiritual gifts but but as we are strengthened, what happens inside the church, it 's not really what what matters so much as what happens outside the church, what we do with what God did and what God brought us through. when we're planted, we're no longer spiritual consumers. Hi, when I first started preaching twenty six years ago, uh, I was a staff pastor, and the senior pastor said. Pastor Troy, I'd like you to preach on a Wednesday night. I'm like, great. He's like, so you just, you, you, I said, do you have a topic? He's said, nope, nope, you, you pick your topic. I'll kind of evaluate you and give you some feedback afterwards. And I said, praise the Lord. So I I thought, I'll, I'm, a, I'm a children's pastor at the time, but I thought, well, I'm gonna do an illustrated message, kind of like an object lesson. And so I came up with a message like similar like this. I got I got a table and I put a bunch of potatoes on the table. And um, the potato potatoes on the table, right? And I picked up each one of the potatoes one at a time. And it was kind of my point of the whole, thing and I said you know y'all some of you all are a bunch of spectators in church that's all you are is is you're just watching what's going on but you're absolutely of no value right now because you're taking up space and breathing the air but God wants you to be more than just a spectator in the church (gasps) I thought people going hallelujah he's right right on instead I got who it is he think he is and so what did I do I continued down the row of potatoes. I didn't know what else to do. I picked up the next one. And some of y'all are even worse than that. Some of y'all are commentators is what you are. And all you want to do is evaluate and talk about what everybody else is doing to serve the Lord, but you're doing nothing to help the kingdom of God. (laughs) Now I look at that and go, oh, snap, right? I just kept on going down the line of the the potatoes and some of y'all want to know what the rest of them are. Maybe I'll do that message one time, right? But my, my whole point is, we're not spiritual consumers. We're participators, is what we are. <laughs> that's not one of them, but that's a pretty good one. <laughs> now, I've lost like almost all of you. That When we're followers of Jesus, we really do realize that we are the church and we exist for the world. There's a massive difference between going to a building and being plugged into a mission, being plugged into a movement, being plugged into a calling. We're planted in the house of the Lord. Let me give a couple of scenarios. Person A, Person A. Person A doesn't know Jesus, you know, has a drug problem. <laughs> they were drugged to church, right? And, and um, uh, 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 I know it's another one, <laughs> just just let it go. Um, um, and they, yeah, um, And so they brought to church, but something happens. Something happens. They hear a song. I believe you'll get me through it. Oh, that's, and something, the tears start to well up. Then they, then they hear the prayer. They're like, man, this is, this is real. And then they hear the ministry of the word and the altar call is given. They, their legs are taken, them where their head doesn't realize they're gonna go and they come to the altar and they give their lives to Jesus and they get, they get saved. I mean, they get saved they don't ever really get connected to other believers in the church. They never really take on the mission of the church for themselves. They still go to church. They kind of just watch worship rather than participate. There's, there's really no contribution. There's really no sacrifice, giving. There's no real serving. There's no real emotion behind it. We're still going to church. And I, I, I've been in this a while like some of you I can guarantee you within two years, we'll see that person maybe on Christmas and Easter and every time we have some sort of event that gives away free popcorn. But we won't see them any more than that. Because, now they might still be saved. I'm not their judge. But they're certainly not flourishing. Person B goes to church, same thing, drug to church. They, they didn't expect that, but they had a Holy Spirit encounter like a road to Damascus experience. God invades their heart and they decide to yield their life to Jesus and they come to the altar and they give their lives to Christ. But instead of not not developing relationships, they begin to develop some relationships. So there's somebody else in the church that's praying for them and they're, they're praying for somebody else and they recognize God's given me some gifts and instead of just going to church, they start to use their gifts in the church and suddenly the church is no longer a destination they attend. It's an identity that they embrace. I'm, I'm a part of the family of God. And their roots grow deeper. And suddenly the life is not perfect. I mean, it's not, it's not easy. It's not always great. And when the storms come, the tree can withstand the storms because the roots are deep and they're still connected to God. There's a big difference between going to a building and being planted in the house of the Lord. What happens What happens when you're planted? I'm glad you asked. Well, first of all, your roots grow very, very deep. I want to turn over to prophet Jeremiah and hear what he has to say in his prophecy in Jeremiah chapter 17, verse number eight. He speaks of people whose roots are growing deep, who are in in the fellowship of the saints in the church, they will be like a tree planted by the water that sends out its roots by the stream. It does not fear when heat comes. Its leaves are always green. It has no worries in a year of drought and never fails to bear fruit. Some of you have heat in your life in the form of trials right now. Some of you are experiencing a drought right now and you feel very barren in your life. But listen to me, when your roots are deep, you're not bothered by the heat or the drought because you're connected to a source that is greater than any problem on the surface because your roots are growing deep. In fact, I did a little research this week. I had time because I'm a pastor and I only work one day a week. I did a little research. <laughs> this, I'm just getting sassy. You guys are gonna be like, you need a few weeks away, Troy. Come. The redwood tree. I decided to do a little research because it's California's thing, right? The, the redwood tree. And I had no idea about some of the interesting things about the redwood tree. Redwood trees are the tallest living things on the entire planet. That They can literally grow 30 stories tall. And And get this, they can be three stories wide. I was thinking about how wide is that? Three stories wide, if I did my math correctly, is pretty much from the lobby to the outside build outside wall. They can be that wide at the base that's, that's, that's huge. Thirty stories up, their root system goes one hundred and fifty feet down and 150 feet out, it's like, it's like a cube, 150 by 150 by 150, that's the root system of a redwood tree. Their roots, go; they go down where nobody sees and they form a, a support system underground. Check this out. Yeah, so, so we've got a, a redwood tree and a redwood tree. It goes 30 stories up, let's say, but the roots go 150 feet down, but the roots, oh, the roots intertwine underneath the surface and those intertwining roots give the redwood tree even more stability even more strength to withstand whatever happens above the surface because beneath the surface we are connected together. That's what we need in the body of Christ. We need each other. Here's what I promise you. This week, maybe before the day is over, you're gonna face some opposition. Right? Before the day is over, you'll probably face a trial. Before the week's over, you're gonna probably face a struggle, a setback's gonna happen. Don't look at your neighbor for this one. You're going to probably get connected with some sort of a crazy person this week, all right? Um, it, it It just happens, that's the promise. You'll face all this. But if you face it alone, if you face it by yourself, you're more vulnerable, why? Because isolation is exactly where the devil wants you to be. The devil does not want you to be a person that is planted in the house of the Lord. He wants you to be a person that just go you go to church. You go to church. And then you be all alone. You isolate yourself and you blame it on the fact, well, that's just not my personality. The truth is we need the family of God as, as odd as we all are, we need one another. Amen. I need you and you need me. I cannot tell you how since, since starting New Life 12 years ago, how much the relationships in this church have meant to me. It just, the prayers and the support and the encouragement, it's invaluable. For some of you, this has been an extra tough season, an extra tough year. It's been really hard with tears and pain and loss in your lives. But you are strong and you are blessed and you are encouraged because your roots grow deep and you've got support from the other roots around you. We need one another. And then finally, your roots produce fruit. I wanna read verse number eight again of Jeremiah 17. They will be like a tree planted by the water It sends out its roots by the stream. It does not fear when heat comes. Its leaves are always green. It has no worry in a year of drought and never fails to bear fruit. I'm reminded of Jesus when he was on his way to Jerusalem before the triumphal entry, and he sees this fig tree, this fruit tree that's not bearing any fruit, and he gets ticked off. And the Bible says he curses the fig tree. I've always wondered, what did he say? Wouldn't you like to know? I mean, he didn't sin. Jesus didn't sin, but he cursed. Maybe I curse you, fig tree. I'm not sure what he said, but he cursed the fig tree because it didn't bear any fruit. And the next day came back and the disciples were amazed because the fruit tree was totally withered and dead. Jesus, God, will not tolerate trees that do not bear fruit. That is not our mission, is to be a tree that provides shade. No, we're a tree that's to provide sustenance, to provide food, fruit. What is fruit? The Apostle Paul talked about in the fifth chapter of the fifth chapter of the book of Galatians. He said this isn't this isn't physical fruit, this is spiritual fruit. Yes. And he summarized the spiritual fruit in the nine different fruits um, that should be characteristics of a Christian life. You should have bear the fruit of love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness gentleness, and don't forget, self-control. That's the fruit of the Spirit. Even when you're in a difficult season, love is still gonna come out of you and joy is still gonna come out of you in the middle of a trial. God's doing something special in you and you recognize these fruits, they're not just for me, they're for the people around me because my love, it just blesses other people my joy becomes contagious your peace it's attractive I mean I don't know about you but I don't like to be with a person that's threatening and worrying and just oh my gosh just get me away from that person right but somebody who's got peace that passes all understand don't make no sense and I like to be around that person it's attractive to people your faithfulness it's gonna build relationships and suddenly you begin to realize I really am Planted. I am making a difference. I'm going to go here for a second. Um, it's it's kind of like um, you do what I call a little bit of Christian cocaine. And let me be your dealer for just a second. Can I be your dealer for just a second? Right? I know. I probably could have found a much better illustration than this, but what, what, what you do is you begin to try just a little bit of it. You, you, begin, you begin to just try a little bit. You begin you pray for somebody and 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 you you give to somebody and you begin to make a difference and you, you give a word of encouragement to somebody i just see you and i'm so grateful to have you in my life and i look up to you and i'm so proud of you for being faithful to church <gasps> you do that and 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 you, you you come and serve you begin you begin to serve and a little sixth grade boy looks up to you and says you know i don't really have a dad at home but you're like a dad to me you welcome somebody who looks different than you and you welcome him to the church and we're so glad, would you come sit with me? And, and you do that and they come back to you later and they, they, they tell you, you know, you love me and you you invited me and you made a difference. You made me feel welcome right here. What happens is you do just the once or twice or three times of that. You get a little taste, baby. You get a little hit. You get the buzz. You get the thrill. You get the high. That's what happens. And then you, you miss a week. You miss a week. You miss a week of church. Somebody calls you up or shoots you a text or emails you and says, where were you, I miss you. Is everything okay? And you begin to realize, well, I'm not just going to church. I'm, I'm, I'm planted in the church. These roots are take, they, this, I, I'm, I'm intertwined. I'm connected with other people. I am needed here, I'm planted in the house of God. And then you recognize, I'm not just saved from my sins. I'm saved for the glory of God to make a difference in this world. There is such a difference between going to church and being planted in the house of the Lord. Do you really, do you really think that you can find a way through all of the spiritual opposition, fight off the temptations of the devil by going to church one time a month? Do you really think Brian did such a good job at this last week. Do you really think you can spend more on coffee than you do on the work of God or helping people in need and really think I'm a I'm a true disciple of Jesus Christ? Amen. Do you really think that when you spend more time on Facebook or Instagram or um, if you if you spend more more time on on social media than you do during the week Serving other people, that you're really being conformed into the image of Jesus Christ. It's time to be planted, guys. I don't want. Don't go to church. Stop going to church. Be planted in the house of the Lord. And 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 when when you do, God flourishes your life. So when people say, "Hey, how you doing?" I, I wrote it down that this might be your response. Life's not perfect, but my roots are deep. My faith is strong. My brothers and sisters are praying for me. I'm needed, I'm loved, I'm a part of something. I don't just go to a building, I am the church. I am an ambassador to the world on behalf of God. I assemble with my church family, but then when I leave, I go out strengthened because I am planted in the house of the Lord. You might say, well, Troy, you know, I tried that. I did that for like three weeks, right? Nothing happened. (laughs) Hmm. It takes five things for a tree, for a tree to flourish. It takes soil, light, water, temperature, and time. It takes soil, the soil of your heart. It takes light. His word is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. It takes water. Jesus is the living water who washes and renews your soul. It takes temperature. The Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, the fire of the Spirit of God warms that seed that's planted inside your heart and it takes time. Somebody asked, when's the best time to plant a tree the answer to that question is always 20 years ago <laughs> when's the best time to be planted in the house of the lord 20 years ago that's the best answer but the next best answer to both questions is right now right now now is the time because god wants you to flourish. But only those who are planted in the house of the Lord are the ones that will truly flourish in all that God has for you in your life. Would you close your eyes and bow your heads this morning, please? Those of you that would say, "You know what? Troy, I am a Christian. I am a Christian. I I've given my heart to Jesus. But I realize that I'm not planted. I've I've go to church, but I need to be planted in the house of the Lord. I need to just make that commitment that I'm planted in the house of the Lord. Right here at New Life, I'm planted in the house of the Lord. It's no longer a place I go or a destination, but it is It's my identity. I'm a, I am the church. And you just wanna kinda of make that like, like sure. You, you're just like, that's in my declaration of faith this morning. If that's you, Right now, just put your hand up. Say, I am declaring to the Lord that I am planted in the house of the Lord. Put it up, come on now. I am planted in the house of the Lord. I am planted in the house of the Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah. God, I pray that you would help your people be planted so they could flourish and glorify you in all that you do. Would you put your hands down, keep your eyes closed just for a second. When's the best time to follow Jesus? 20 years ago. When's the next best time? Absolutely right now. For those of you who would say, Jesus, I recognize and realize that I'm far from you. I, I felt you in the worship today. I heard you in the prayer time today. I am receiving what you're saying through the, the word that's being spoken. I need to get right with you. I don't really understand at all, but I know there's something happening in my soul right now. I want to give my all to you. Jesus says, just when you call upon the name of the Lord, you shall be saved. And and what he's saying is, he said, turn away from your sinful life and turn toward me. Give your life completely to Jesus. He'll come into your heart. He'll change your life. If you're ready for that, there's nothing you can do. You can't pay anything. There's no amount of service you can do to earn it you just receive it from God. It's called his free gift of salvation. He's gonna save you from your old life. And when you pray a prayer, you'll begin your new life. If you'd like to give your life to Jesus Christ today, whether you're online or whether you're right here in person, I'd like you to right now raise your hand. Not gonna embarrass you, but we're gonna pray this prayer together and you're gonna leave this place changed, changed. Come on, put your hand up right now. Don't hesitate, just give your life to Jesus give your life to Jesus give your life to Jesus for hands up whether here or online just pray this prayer right now where you're at dear Jesus please forgive me of my sins come into my heart change my life i give my entire self to you i'm no longer the same i'm changed thank you Jesus for forgiving me in Jesus name amen amen and amen you can put your hand down hallelujah thank you lord for the people that committed their lives to you today thank you god for all of the people at new life that are planted in the house of the lord thank you for those that are serving in our nursery thank you god for those that are serving in kids university and the rotation teams that we have Thank you, God, for those that are serving in our ushers' ministry, in our greeters' ministry, in our behind-the-scenes, our media, our tech team, even, a, even those that are in the closet in the other room that are serving, uh, those that are watching and uh, viewing online today, God. Thank you, Lord, for our worship team that lead us into the presence of God. Thank you, Lord God, for our elder team and our our cleaning team that comes here when nobody else is here and they clean the building. Thank you, God, so much for all of the people that serve on on our witnessing team and our evangelism teams and the people that canvas and walk the communities, the prayer teams that pray every night and walk the neighborhoods. God, thank you for those that are giving away clothing and food and distributing to the needs of the communities. God. Thank you for people that are planted in the house of the Lord. I pray, God, that you draw all of us into service and to be planted fully into this house. That, God, as we do, we're going to be working alongside people and our roots are going to grow deep as their roots are going to grow deep and we'll be connected. And when storms come and difficult times happen, we can rely upon them and they can rely upon us and we strengthen one together. Thank you for all of this in the great, glorious, powerful, holy, anointed name of Jesus Christ, amen. This morning I received a, I have a friend that sat in my living room in our single-wide mobile home that we had when we were first married 30, 31 years ago. And I was a brand new believer and he came over, Don Briggs, he came over um, and uh, we, we, we were martial artists together and did a lot of things together and hung out together a lot, but he was a solid believer and came over. And, and I, I asked him a question, we're going through a difficult time, a, a, you know, newlyweds and life. And he, he opened up his Bible, which felt weird to me at that time in, his, in, the, in the living room. And he opened up his Bible. He said, you know, God has some help for us. Well, this is weird. I've never seen anybody open a Bible except for a pastor that's standing behind a pulpit ever ever in my entire life. Nobody ever had I ever seen referred to the Bible other than at church when I was occasionally there. And he opened up a Bible. He began to tell me one of the parables that Jesus, Jesus said. And I never forgot. I never forgot that divine moment. Not even sure what he said, just the fact that he did it. Don has got deep roots and I have deep roots and he lives in Montana now and he was in Missouri before that and I was in Iowa before that and then California And our lives, but we still have deep roots and we're still connected. Don's children, the same age as my children. His daughter, Haley, died last week, 31 years old. And it just crushed my spirit. I mean, I just found out. I don't know the details, but my first reaction was to call Don. And to just, and he is so grateful. And you know what I'm talking about. It's different when you, even geography doesn't affect it. It is when you've got deep roots and your roots are connected together. I mean, you can not speak for 10 years, which isn't the case. And then you can pick up right where you left off because your roots are deep and connected. And I hope that Don can draw some strength from my roots that are connected to his roots as he's going through probably the darkest period of his entire existence. Um, That's why we need one another. That's, That's why we need one another. May the Lord bless you. May he keep you. May he make his face to shine upon you. May he lift up his countenance upon you. May he give you rest and may he give you peace. God bless you, New Life. We love you, love you, love you. I will see you in June. Amen. God bless you. Praise the Lord.